Hello, and welcome to the Science of Sales podcast for Rural. I'm your host, Sinjin Craner. So let's get into it. Okay, so this week on our Rural Sales Success Show, we've got uh, Neil Wagstaff, and Neil is a very well-known friend to me. Uh, Neil uh, is based here in Havelock, with, Havelock North with me uh, in Hawke's Bay here. And Neil's um, very much... Uh, a big believer in health being the new wealth and he's had 25 years in health and fitness industry he's a pom like me don't don't hate him for um and he's very very committed to getting his clients strong healthy and fittest they can be in their mind and their body and i brought neil onto the show team because uh, me and neil have had a lot of chats over the years um he's going to take you through this concept of epigenetics which is aligning your biology with your productivity because we're seeing a lot of you um, struggling with time management or energy management or productivity. So we, that's why I think you'll be really excited with the show today. There's a lot in here that I think you're going to be able to take away. Um, Neil's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a wealth of knowledge on this, on this uh, subject. He's a real specialist. He's a speaker. He's an educator. And he's a health coach. Um, he's hung around. He's done a lot of enduros. He hangs around with Lisa Tamati. I think he's claimed to fame to hang out with David Goggins at... Uh, at some of the events and he'll tell us more about that but neil it's good to have you here on the show and uh we pinned you down and we we made it thanks Injun. thank you very much mate that's a very nice introduction thank you very much mate good good well we sound half professionals that's half the half the battle is perceptions <laughs> reality so neil tell us a wee bit about i think for our listeners uh as we spoke about before the predominant sort of listener to this podcast is probably a 30 plus guy there are a few we do have a few guys and girls in our show but predominantly they're men that are fairly sedentary uh they're driving their trucks they're doing long distance they're obviously in that sales space they might be in a sales management role they might be a rural business owner they might be a rural sales professional rep and you know they spend a lot of time that's probably not great maybe exercise fell off the wagon you know a wee bit once they had kids you know they might play rugby uh, some kind of serious sport, squash, tennis, golf, whatever. Life's become, you know, busier with kids like you and I. We're of similar ages. Um, so first of all, maybe we could open by sort of telling me, uh, before we get into epigenetics, tell me about your views on, because you know I'm a big fan of like energy management and time management being correlated, being connected as two concepts. Maybe we could start there and unpack it and get your your much better, more qualified view on that. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Sinjin. It's the um, one way I always like to look at it. I always ask a lot of people I work with and a lot of people I coach is, is how full their cup is, so how much energy have they got in their cup. And I love giving that analogy of the, um, of the energy cup. So what we're all very good at, especially in, um, if you're in business yourself or in sales roles and roles that um, are very much productivity driven, is we're very good at giving our energy to everything else around us and not filling our own cup. So we give our energy out to everything else around us. We give it out to uh, our clients. We give it out to people we're working with. As you indicated, stage of life you're at, maybe um, maybe family and kids. That energy goes out everywhere, everywhere else. So what what I'm a big fan of is asking, and I'll ask your listeners the same same question: is how full is your energy cup currently? What when was the last time you filled up your own energy cup? When was the last time you put something in there that's going to boost your energy? Because you, as you rightly indicate, the, the correlation and relationship between energy and productivity is is huge once you get that right once your energy energy is up the productivity will go out the door will will soar 
the way people look at you, the way people perceive you, the way people listen to you, um, the way they engage with you will all change when your energy is higher and when your cup is fuller. So some great ways to think about filling your energy cup for um, real low-hanging fruit are looking at how much sleep you had last night. So I like to, as well, keep, keep things simple. Keeping things simple means you can make quick changes. So looking at sleep is a, is a real, real low-hanging fruit. So if you treat this like a little wellness check, so how well did you sleep last night? Score yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being didn't sleep at all, 10 slept like a baby. Rock and roll. How well you've eaten in the past 24 hours? Uh, how, what sort of quality has your nutrition been? What you're putting in your mouth should, should energize you rather than slow you down. If it's not energizing you, then it probably shouldn't be going, going in. Um, what sort of movement you've done in the past day? Okay, so we all know that movement will energize us. Um, the, the discipline comes with actually doing it. That doesn't necessarily need to be structured. It doesn't need to be structured exercise, but some sort of movement. What have you done in the past day? Where are your current stress levels at? So if those stress levels are up, up high, then that's going to bring down and empty your energy cup, which is going to put you in a position where your productivity isn't, isn't going to be as high. Understanding how your body's feeling, any niggles, injuries, um, anything that doesn't feel right in your body, again, that's a good indication that, that energy um, energy is um, low. So looking at things like that, Cindy, on a, on a daily basis is a real quick, easy snapshot way to go, right, where am I at this morning? And if sleep's off, then start putting in some strategies in place around improving your sleep hygiene. If nutrition's off, start putting some, some things in place to, to do that. Another key one is hydration. Real simple, easy win is getting some good quality hydration into your body. Your body's dehydrated. Your mental um, capability will drop significantly straight away. So if you want to be productive and you're dehydrated, then it ain't going to happen. In the same way as uh, an athlete would think about performance and hydration, um, the, the the business person, the salesperson needs to think about it in the same way. They need to treat themselves like a, a business athlete. And if they're dehydrated, their performance will will drop. So adding that to the list as well with um, with hydration. And simple things, it doesn't need to be rocket science. If you're not drinking enough, start drinking a little bit more. If you're not moving enough, start moving a bit more. If you're not sleeping well, start focusing on that. And once you can drill down in exactly the same way as you would if your sales were off, you're going to start drilling down into why are my sales off? Why is my productivity not as high? And you look at your metrics and you go, right, here's my metrics. My leads may be off or my contacts may be off or my pitch may be off. What's the variable I need to change? Same with your health. What's the variable we need to change? And then we start tweaking. Does that make yeah, sense? Brilliant. Yeah, it makes total sense. So why don't we just sort of unpack that a wee bit because there's a lot in there. And the, the, the six things I picked up is obviously your sleep. You know, your sleep yep, is the best correct. medicine, isn't it? You know, all our, our, our grandparents, our parents, said, sleep is the best medicine. Second one is obviously focusing on nutritious food that gives us energy that doesn't rob us of energy. Third one you said is movement. Blessing my old man used to say exercise for energy. And like you say, it doesn't need to be formal or structured. It could be as much as just walking right. out with a dog, walking in nature, going to the reserve, just clearing your head for 20 minutes, right? And we'll talk about ultra radium rhythms in a minute because I'd love to get your view on that. I've made a note of that. Then there's a stress component, and obviously, you know, stress component of cortisol or adrenalized state is a is a very important one. We'll, we'll unpack that in a minute. And then that body, I think blokes, Neil, let's stop there. I think blokes are really bad. I'm probably probably uh, probably work in progress myself. Not very good at tuning in and scanning their body. And we're not talking in some sort of freaky, funky way, but like maybe we could just stop there for a minute. Like 
blokes don't go to the doctors, right? And this isn't a, this isn't a show or, or an episode about you need to go and see the doctor and have your prostate check and everything else. But tell us about, because you train, you, you're in a privileged position, you train hundreds and hundreds of people every year or in courses or in conferences or what you do with Lisa is what do you see with blokes that are ignoring the body, the signals that the bodies are sending them? Can you, can you, can we talk to that for a minute? Yeah. That, and again, keeping it simple, that, that energy cut will just drain further to the point that uh, if you're not listening to what your body's saying, you get a little niggle in your back, you get a little niggle in your knee, you get a little niggle in the neck or the shoulders. It's your body telling you that something's not, not right. So if, if you're not listening to those signs and at some point that will turn into something potentially worse that then stops you doing what you need to be doing and what you want to be doing from a work fun play perspective so your quality of life starts to starts to go down however if you tune into where your body is at each day then those little niggles become very easy to course correct through all the things we've already spoken about through nutrition through the movement through the um through the sleep all all indications that those other things are likely to need need addressing so it is a real easy fix to your point though it is you're 100 correct what we are good at as guys is taking the 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 concrete pill and keeping pushing forward but it is again easy tweaks to to stop that happening stop you hitting the wall and putting you in a position that when you when you turn up in front of your clients you're in much better condition much better condition therefore the result that comes out of your meetings um contact with your clients and things like that is going to be tenfold better 10 times mm. so let me just pick up on that because i know there's a, a number of guys that you train and some of them are similar ages to you and i and some of them would have been very very physically strong good athletes mm-hmm. in their own rights and we know some of them i see some of them when i come into the gym and you, you're obviously doing them private one-on-one training or mobility or whatever else can you share with us obviously anonymously i don't need names but like a story of where you've managed to turn one of those guys around that was ignoring their body, ignoring body fat, ignoring a sedentary lifestyle, no nutrition, drinking, lack of exercise, lack of sleep. Is there any anything you can kind of share or or a pen portrait or an avatar or anything to sort of just paint a picture for the for the listener? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's um the many 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 people fit into that category that I've um. Um, I've worked with and happy to admit at different times in my career as well, depending on how busy I've been, I've ignored some of these things. And a lot of what I talk about comes from experience of working with others, um, experience of studying and studying in depth from a scientific point of view, but also personal personal um, experience as well. So I'll share a little bit of my own personal story. That'll probably give it some, some real good reality. When we when we first bought... Um, Bought the bought our business, um, Peak Fitness and Health. Um, my wife Sam was expecting our third child, Annie. Um, I'd also just set up an online business, so there was a lot of plate spinning. We were about to have our third child, just set up an online business and bought a um, a physical bricks and mortar business. So lots of fun. I was loving it. I I thrive on that sort of stuff, as, as you know from the conversations we've had. That excited me. That excited really excited me. However, what I started to neglect was sleep was one of the things I started to collect. I still trained and ran as hard as I was um, pre-kids. I, my sleep started to reduce down um, because there was a lot more spinning plates. Although they were fun plates, my stress levels started to go up. So as a result, my body started to respond in a way that it never had done. Started to get niggles, started to get injuries, started to get twinges. I started to dig a little bit deeper and did a lot of testing. So I did a lot of testing around my cortisol levels, uh, around my, my recovery hormones to see where they were at. And it was when I saw that they dropped 
so low that now my body was in a position that it couldn't recover as quickly as it used to because the amount I was loading in, that was a real wake-up sign for me. That was like, right, hang on now. I can see this black and white. And that's how I respond well from a, from a data point of view. You show me a number and it's like, right, let's look at improving, improving that. Once I knew what I had to improve, it was then a case of changing what I was doing. So changing how I was fueling myself, changing the type of movement I was doing. So going hard all the time, where it used to get me results. Now, because of the other things I was balancing, it wasn't getting me results so much anymore. So I started combining some of my high-intense running stuff with some lower lower intensity, lower volume yoga-style work and recovery and relaxation-style work, breathing-style work. So understanding the the person in that case me in front of you isn't always going to be same as the person next to you so if you tell me you're getting great results doing doing a certain routine one way it doesn't mean it's going to work for me and for your listeners as well they need to find what's going to work right for them rather than be in a position that they're doing what their mate's doing and that's working for him so once you start to drill down to your own personal biology you can then find out a little bit more as to as to how it works and other people I work with now are following the same process where they're currently at, really important that from a health point of view, you meet yourself where you're at. Don't try and overcook it straight away. You may need more working in style exercise, recovery, breath work, yoga. You may need um, more, um, sorry, Sims, just let me take that phone off. You may need more, um, you may need more working out style sessions, like high intensity work and work where you're working harder, or you need a balance of the two. Does that make sense? Yeah, so all we're doing with our clients every day, mate, is is working out where are they at today, <clears throat> how much high intensity work do they need, how much work in or recovery work do they need, and what's the best mix for them. And that's going to be individual for each of you. Awesome. So I want to kind of pack it again because Neil, you are you're exceptionally good at tuned in. You're good with your data, and I love the correlation between the data and benchmarking and baseline, which we use in sales, right? Because you know we're looking at average sale amount, uh, conversion, lifetime value, cost of sale. Um, length of sales cycle, all those kind of things. So we're both following the same sort of data. You are, you are probably not like the guys that I, guys and girls that I train. You are another level, right? So for, for the listener that's probably going, okay, well, this sounds like, this all sounds like common sense. How do they start getting to the habit before we move into the epigenetics? Because I really want to unpack that. But how do they get into the habit of having these things front and center because obviously i know when i go to the gym you have that wellness check you walk into the doors and it has those you know 10 things and six of them you know sleep uh, nutrition movement stress body and hydration they're listed and it's a good check but for my guys that are out on the road in the rural in the middle of nowhere in the rock walks you know traveling whether in aussie or new zealand they don't have that sort of um visibility you know and it's not front of mind it's not staring at them right in the face like it is you or i and they're probably not going to the gym every day either so even though then they should be just some movement so how can how can what would you advise to them to help them they can be more mindful of their sleep and their nutrition and their movement and their stress levels and their body and their hydration those six things what would what would your advice be for them to make it easier for them to monitor those things to monitor those things, it could be as simple as there's plenty of apps out there that you can use to remind you. So something that open up in the morning. Um, I'd say most of your listeners are probably opening up a sales report in the morning. I'd have them open something similar as a like the wellness check. I'm more than happy to share that with you. Uh, we, we have that in spreadsheet format that we use with a lot of our clients um, overseas as well. So if that helps to share with the listeners, that would be gold um, for them to use and just something they can open in the morning and go, right, where am I at with these things? 
behavior, as you know, Sinjin, is driven by um, by action as well. And some of the tiny habits these guys can put in place will make a significant difference to what they're doing every day. But that's only going to come from subtle change in behavior. So the prompt can either be at the end of the day, I'd recommend start the day though, but either whatever works for them initially, pop open the, the spreadsheet that just makes them, it takes a minute just to go through where I'm at with these things. And once you start hanging those things in front of yourself, then the behavior is more likely to change. And it may be that they pick one and your listeners may go, right, I'm just going to focus for the next three, four weeks on getting to bed an hour earlier. Yeah. I'm going to focus on reducing screen time. I'm going to focus on buying myself a big two-litre water bottle so that when I'm in the car on the road, I can I can drink um, I can drink a little bit uh, a little bit more. I may decide that I'm going to at lunch I'm going to park up and go go for a walk um, and folks 10, 10 minutes on eating, twenty minutes on going for a, going for a walk. So stuff that doesn't need to change their day significantly, it's just really how can I slot this into my day? And exactly the same way they create their behavior with their sales, create the, that behavior with, um, with, your, um, you know, with, with, with your health as well and, and go through the same process, put the yeah. same, yeah. same metrics in place. I can tell you right now, there'll be a few sales managers, even a few reps or business owners pulling their hair out going, I can't even get my reps to do this CRM system, let alone a bloody wellness check on Excel sheet. Now, what we'll do is we'll put that wellness check Excel sheet link in the show notes um, so people will find that yeah. uh, and they can come after you and we'll, we'll also introduce where they can find out more about it. So I want to move on now, um, Neil, to this whole, this very posh, very sort of uh, scientifically impressive sounding epigenetics. Can you explain that concept in layman's terms for our listeners. Yeah, happily, happily. So the, depending on what text you read, you'll have about 25,000 genes in your body that you were born with, okay? So those genes are the ones you were very nicely gifted from your, from your parents. So those genes, are, and, and in years gone by, it's, we, we'll often hear people saying, I'm, I'm good at this because I'm genetically gifted. So I'm a good runner because I've been given these genes, or I'm a good lifter, or I'm good at speaking publicly because... I've been given this certain certain level of um, type of genes, um, or I'm more predisposed to certain diseases because I've got these genes, or I'm more protected from certain diseases because I've got these genes. Now, all of that is is true. However, what we now know is that we can be in the driving seat with how our genes express themselves. So we've got those twenty five thousand odd genes, plus we have um, the science of epigenetics. Now, epi means outside or above. So epi being outside or above, genetics is what we've been given. So anything outside, above, around that can influence our genes. Okay, so very simply speaking, you imagine your genes like a switch. Okay, they can switch on and be very healthy or they can switch off and be uh, less healthy. Now, it's our environment, all the things we've already been talking about, Singe, like uh, what we're putting into our body, how we're behaving each day. It's those things that will dictate how our genes are expressing themselves okay so you'll walk into a room some of the time and, and i'll give this example for your listeners sometimes you walk into a room and it just you feel lit up the room lights you up you feel like it's an amazing atmosphere you feel like the people around you are on fire and you feel good that is epigenetics work because the environment has responded to allow you to respond in a way that allows your your genes to light up even simpler is that i walk into a freezer my genes are going to express in a way that make me shiver to start warming me up Walk into a sauna, I'm going to start sweating to cool me, cool me down. 
Now, a combination of the two, got my genes, got everything around me that's infecting my genes will give me what's known as a phenotype. So that's how I'm presenting now. Now, if the things around me are allowing my genes to express in a good way, my phenotype is going to look and feel healthy. If my genes are expressing in a bad way, because environmentally the things around me aren't putting my genes or biology in a good place to be productive, then my phenotype will express in a totally different way. Okay, And that could be looking unhealthy, feeling unhealthy, um, and not just from a visual point of view what you see, it's how you feel inside. So that could be increased anxiety levels, increased the, um, uh, depression levels. It could be effects on mental health. Okay, But simply speaking, you change your environment, your genes will respond in a way that, that is very productive for you. Neil, interestingly, what you said there around the uh, phenotypes is very much uh, that will resonate with our listeners because a lot of them are already familiar with that, the phenotypes in the animals, in the livestock, mm-hmm. and in the genetics. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, um, because in, in, in rural, we talk about endophyte and genotype, uh, mm-hmm. or genotype and phenotype, and obviously genotype is in and phenotype is out. You know, you mm-hmm. look at a bull or a ram and you can look at the uh, phenotype, which is the outside, which mm-hmm. is what we call the kind of, for me, the vanity. And then the genotype is the engine, which is the sanity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to pick up on that, on, on that. And then the other thing is, tell me then about the, like the, the nature nurture component of that, because the nature is the genetics, but the nurture, you know how we talk about the expression of nature and nurture, you know, is it environment or mm-hmm. is it genetics? Can we quickly go there? Yeah, so in, in, in that, which is a great question as well, a really good question. In that example, you certain body types will respond to their environment in certain ways. So some of us are better night owls and some of us will know that we get into our step throughout the day. We struggle in the morning, we struggle early morning, and then we go th- go into the day and we just find we get more energy as we go on. Others, uh, myself, I go better early in the morning and then I need to slow down as the day goes on and make sure I'm in bed early, whereas some people I know and work with will be still be being very productive at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. And that's fine as long as the rest of the day is balanced. Now, what can happen with the nature nurture is you could have a certain body type that responds really, you're a night owl, for example, you respond better to three meals a day, longer fasting periods, um, so you're not putting as much food into your body. Um, you respond better to lifting heavy things rather than high-intensity exercise. And But you've been, uh, been conditioned by those around you, your family, your parents, and generally the the world of health and fitness that we should get up early we should go hard and set our day up um, perfectly and have some high intensity exercise in there eat six meals a day high protein and that's what's going to get us our results so with the nature versus nurture it's it's some of the time oh, we've got a body type of a certain type but we've been conditioned to live in a way that isn't necessarily right for our our genetics um, so therefore the environment we set up for ourselves is actually slowing us down rather than allowing us to find our flow awesome right so what i want to pick up on that is that you're saying that sometimes what we do is we're not uh, i mean there's a whole concept of environmental design that we don't have time to get into that maybe that's a story for another time we get you back on but with the body if you don't understand when you work at your best and when those genes are switched on by the right environmental design, you're saying obviously your energy and productivity falls down. Because obviously I've been fortunate. I've taken the epigenetics test. I'm like you. I'm My first few mental hours, I, it takes about two hours for me to wake up, which is bad news for everyone that lives with me. But I usually actually switch on. And I can do really good thinking and creativity and concept work or productivity 
in terms of content creation product strategy around the hours of sort of two hours after I've woken up. So if I'm waking up at six, from eight to 10, those are my power hours. You know, that's when I really, really fire. I also know I work really well exercising in the afternoon, as you know, around lunchtime because it holds me out and then I fizzle as the day goes on. So what you're saying is everyone is everyone is different. And I think probably the important point to get across here for our listeners is if you are forcing your biology against your productivity, you're not going to get that lift, aren't you? I mean, you won't perform anyway because there's no point trying to smash yourself if you're a night owl. And you're then it's turned on later on in the day, as opposed to someone that is a lark that turns on early in the morning. Am I getting that right? Correct. Yeah, 100%, 100% correct. And most, most people intuitively know, know this. So it's just looking at how you're structuring your, your time. If you need slower time in the morning, then give yourself that time in the morning to have a slower start. There's some things you're not going to be able to control. Like you're not always going to be able to control when every meeting is and what time it is. But where you can be in control then take control of it. Once you take control of it, it will make a difference. So if you, yeah, as I say, that example in the morning, if you know you need longer time in the morning, then then great. If you know that you will sleep better by getting your thoughts out of your head onto a page so you know what's coming the next day, then schedule that in in the evening before you go to sleep. I'm going to take 10 minutes just to have my plan in place for tomorrow because often a lot of people that we work with aren't sleeping well because they're still planning the next day. And the head's yeah. going. They're the still processing. Going. They're still processing and cortisol and adrenaline state because they they're ruminating on the on those because those are energy vampires because they haven't actually completed those tasks. So we know all about that. Hey, just remind me because there was a brilliant book by Daniel Pink called When, uh, and he talked about obviously larks and owls. What's the person that's in in between in the day? Can you remember it? There's a lark and there's an owl. The app, lark is at the start of the day when people got the most energy. Mm-hmm. Owls the end. Can you remember what's in the middle? If it doesn't, I'll find it in the night. I can't remember exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. But I can't remember. It's a, bit, the, um... it's, a bit, it's a bit like when we talk about introvert and extrovert. In the middle yeah. is called an ambivert, and they're the best at sales because they're not extroverted, they're not introverted. They're a bit of both, and they work really, really well because the best people at selling are the ones that don't actually sell. But anyway, story for another day. So, Neil, with Conscious of Time, tell us a wee bit more about the phenotypes that you see with our kind of listener. You know, just run through the basic phenotypes for me, can you? So, definitely, yeah, different body types out there. I mean, and, and some people may have heard this before and may remember it from school days, but you've got your, your what's known as your somatotype. So, your somatotype are your body shapes. So your, your, your body shapes are basically made up of your ectomorph, who's your kind of leaner, taller, longer um, in, in shape person. Good. Um, and Neil, sorry to interrupt that. Tell me on ectomorph, so make it really good for yeah. this. What do they need to be doing to maximize their energy and productivity if they're that lean? So give me, give me the picture of so the ectomorph. So the ectomorph is going to be generally be taller. They'll be leaner. They're going to need more regular meals. So looking at um, more regular meals, slightly higher, good quality carbs, because their brain will be going faster than most other health types. And when you say good quality carbs, what do you mean? Do you mean ones that are not fast carbs, they're slow carbs? Like what? What specifically? So specifically, you'd be looking at um, good good root vegetables, um, avoiding and probably help, help more with what to avoid. So avoiding your pies, your pastries, avoiding your, your white pastas, your white rice, stuff that's going to spike sugar quickly. Um, but really focusing in on um, yeah, high amounts of your root vegetables, high amounts of um, your leafy greens um, with some good quality protein in there. Generally, those body types respond better to well-cooked food um, and warmer food, especially at this time of year, because it's easier for them to process and digest. Yeah, and this is we're obviously in the middle of uh, using winter right in the, in the thick yeah. of it. Okay, so that's ectomorph. Then what's the next uh, 
Body the shape. next one would be mesomorph. So the mesomorph is generally going to be sort of shorter in stature, more of that sort of um, triangular body shape, um, more muscular looking. A bit, um, like, a bit like me, Neil. Yeah, I was just coming to that, Sinj. I was just coming to that. <laughs> and um, they will generally go better on a paleo-style diet. So they're going to go better on a diet that is higher in protein, um, and their body will need uh, – the food for them will be like kindling on a fire. They're going to need to keep it stoked throughout the day. So if you're this body type then and you're not keeping your fire stoked, then there's a, a, a big loss straight away because you'll find you'll be getting the hangries and just thinking about where your next meal is coming from, which is definitely going to be taken away from your from I think your I think you've just explained exactly who I am. I mean, the fact <laughs> is I've, I've learned through doing epigenetics with you that I've got to be eating every three hours. Yeah. No, great. So that's the mesomorph. So they're sort of uh, shorter – more triangular what's the next what's the next one next one is your endo endomorphs so these guys are the ones that are the best at putting on any type of tissue so they're best at putting on um, adipose tissue or body fat also the best at putting on muscle um higher bone density and these guys generally have a longer digestive tract so they're going to be better bodies for fasting so those bodies that don't necessarily need a breakfast um, they could have their first meal at 10 o'clock, a bigger lunch at 2 o'clock, and a smaller meal at, meal at um, 6 o'clock in the evening. So then you don't need as much longer digestive tract, longer to process and digest food. So therefore, um, it's, uh, you know, they, they need to give their body, body time. They're the ones that are more likely to need the slower mornings, more likely to be better in late after going into the afternoon and evening from a productivity point of view. So again, recognizing that if you're smashing your body early in the morning with high intensity exercise and then going into six meals a day, there's already an environmental load on your body that is going to be putting into a stress response, which then means you can't be doing your job as well as you'd like to be. Well, it's also like you're smashing those people not understanding that actually they work better in the day. It's like when you put them into a Monday morning sales meeting right. and you're giving them a good rev up, they're not yeah. going to respond to it because it's not going to work at the right time of the day. Exactly, their red light might come better. And then, better, and and, and because those endomorph types, I see a lot of them mm. in rural. You know, they're usually big prop forwards, big rugby boys. Yep. They they look like their customers. They're big, built, burly guys, big men, big appetites. When should their biggest meal of the day be? At lunch, lunchtime, lunchtime, yep. or in the evening? Lunchtime. lunchtime Got that time long digestive tract. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. So lunchtime will be um, will be better digestive tract. Yeah, correct. Lunchtime. And, then, yep. and I'm conscious, Tyler, so we will, we will close up in a minute, but I've got a couple of things that I think would be useful for the listeners is tell us about like the foods that you eat, because there's so much we can talk about, we don't have the time, but because it's, it's fascinating learning this stuff, and I'm sure everyone else will be taking lots out of it as well, is there's some food that takes a lot more energy to process. So actually the, the type of food you eat also dictates your energy use as well, doesn't it? You know, tell us about correct. that. What are your thoughts on that? So... Yeah, we want to, I mean, one way of looking at it is, if I understood your question correctly, is foods that are high on a glycemic index versus low on a glycemic index. So you can have food that can energize you throughout the day um, or food that can give you a massive sugar spike and then a massive crash. Absolutely. So, and Neil, forgive me what I meant by that. That's my fault. On the question, Neil, is, is there some foods that actually take longer to process and break down, so take more of the body's energy to actually digest? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so what are those kind of foods that do that and what are the foods that don't? Because there's some foods that are obviously easier to absorb. So actually your energy management is actually 
correlated with your nutritional management because you're not eating foods that are so dense and hard to break down so it doesn't take as much energy am i, am I getting that right yeah you're getting that right and the other the other bit just to add to that is with all the body types we've just talked about those foods that are more difficult to process is going to vary from person to person got it so with and this is why and this is why epigenetics is so important right Correct. Because you actually, so what happens when someone does epigenetics and they map? Because obviously this isn't this isn't exclusive to you, but you you you're pretty very well known the traps around Australia, and New Zealand on this. Tell us what is the benefit that people get when they do epigenetics and they actually map that and measure that because you know they want to obviously it gives their it, it energy and their life and their family and their productivity and their relationship with others because you know it's a it's a full on job. They got a lot lot of plates spinning, like we all know. So effectively, it will give them a blueprint for their health and wellness. And they and and the shed load more than that. It's going to give them a blueprint for how to best set up their day to be as productive as they can. So we often say to people, wouldn't it be great if your body came with a guidebook or a rule book or your own personal playbook? What this will allow you to do is it will give you the playbook to your body, so you can start shortcutting some of those questions that we've been discussing today. That perfect example there. What are the best foods? What are the foods I'm going to respond best to? There's the generic answer, but then there's the then there's the individualized and personalized answer. The and specific it's answer. It's yeah. the specific answer that, that people Based want Based on to your body. Then you get that information, then you can start going, right, I now know I need more vegetarian-based food at these times of day, or I need more protein-based food at these times of day. And all of a sudden, because I'm not now fighting trying to digest food or trying to manage a sugar spike or sugar low, now I'm in a position that mentally I can stay focused throughout the day I can stay on point a lot longer. So my output goes like that. Whereas if I'm eating the foods that aren't right for me or in lower quality, I'm then battling at the back of my head where I need a coffee or I need something with sugar to bring me back up to get me back on point before it drops again. And you're riding that roller coaster throughout the day. You want to get that roller coaster just cruising. Once it's cruising, the rest of your day around you will fall into place. Yeah. I mean, I would say, and I'm incredibly biased because, you know, I'm into this stuff and that's why we've got you on the show here is, I thought my epigenetics was probably one of the most important things I did in terms of knowing when I should be going to sleep, what I should be eating when, when I'm best mentally alert and, and cognitively, you know, best to do those high cognitive loading thinking tasks. I thought it was brilliant because it told me it was incredibly accurate. Um, and it was almost like a Myers-Briggs for my body, you know, like a disc profile. Like it, was, it, was it, yeah. it was incredible. Like the the metaphor is, is like, that's actually exactly like, me and I now know why I work best at this. So I, I can then, what I now do is I align my day to my energy, and I think that's the key mm-hmm. point we're making on here on this on this episode. Is that you've got to yeah, align your day to your energy. To, you have yeah. to once once you've got those two things running side by side, then you're you then you are you are in business because you misalign not- you misalign your day to where you're best and you end up spending your time doing your worst work with your best energy or low value work with your best energy. You just wasted your day, right? Correct. And it's getting once you get that balance right and the two things are working nicely together, you'll know what to say no to. It'll be a lot easier to say no to certain things at certain times and it'll be a lot easier to work, manage your day and reschedule things into times where both you and the person you're interacting with are going to get a better outcome. So they've also got the rationale. So for reps that are going to the sales managers, look, look, I, could, I really can't handle an 8 a.m. Monday meeting. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a um, I'm an endomorph, and you know yeah. I, I actually don't work. So maybe they push on them, and I'm being a purist here. Sometimes that literally can't happen. Mm-hmm. You've got to go with majority rules. But but I'm enjoying out more about this because there'll be a few listeners that are going. This is interesting. I want to find more about epigenetics. I want to align my energy 
to my day and I want to obviously maximize my biology because what we've been talking about here, which isn't at a distant world from rural and agriculture uh, and biology as a business, because you know, rural and farming is a biological based business. We've been talking about for the listeners to make it clear, we've been talking about aligning your biology to maximize, maximizing your biology to maximize your productivity. We've talked also about right. time management is very much correlated to energy management. So then this epigen- epigenetics is obviously a really good tool to help people guide them on when they should be eating, when they should be doing their best work, when they should be thinking, when they should be mechanical, when they should be sleeping, uh, when they should be working out or moving, hydrating, all those good things. And obviously the wellness check we'll put into the notes. So yeah, tell us where we can find out more about you guys. Quickest and easiest way, Sinjin, is to go to peakfitnessandhealth.co.nz. So peakfitnessandhealth.co.nz. And on there, you'll find a lot of information about the programs we offer, in particular the epigenetics program will be under the programs tab. Um, and you can yeah you can dig deeper into what we're doing there, find out more and drop me a message directly through the website if you've got any specific questions and want to explore it more. We'd love to help. Awesome, Neil. Hey, I've really enjoyed it. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Great talking to you as always. Thanks, Neil.